nobody can have a wrong experience. There is no such thing. Everybody is exactly where they need to be and what their soul is actually using as a mirroring device because this is what physical reality is. It, it is a mirroring device where we get to experience our own creations. What's up, you guys? I'm Sam, the host of Makeshift Happen podcast, the show that has helped women all over the world fearlessly pursue their passions, quit their toxic jobs, stack more cash, and hack their brains for happiness, love, and fulfillment. I'm a mindset coach, business mentor, and past life regression therapist who's passionate about fusing spirituality and strategy to help women create their dream lives. If you like casual and raw conversations where it feels like you're on the phone with a friend, mixed with spiritual guidance, tangible life advice, and behind the scenes insights from a seven figure entrepreneur, you're going to want to add Makeshift Happen to your weekly podcast roster. Some of our listeners' favorite episodes include Manifesting Love and Relationships, How to Go from Broke to Abundant, Breaking Up with Imposter Syndrome, and Raising Your Energetic Standards to Make Money Flow. I promise to always keep it real with you, to tell you more intimate details about my life than is probably necessary, and to not gatekeep any of my best tips. Search Makeshift Happen with Samantha Daly anywhere you get podcasts and come join the conversation. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Your daily walks just got a whole lot more interesting. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Welcome to Manifestable. My mission is to remind people of their power, guide them to profound breakthroughs, and give them courage to break old patterns and live into your soul's purpose. Today, I am sitting down with the incredible Julian Polson. He is a realized spiritual teacher, psychotherapist, medium, and energy healer. He is living in Peru right now and teaches Zen Buddhist methods in combination with the yogic realization process and various other mystical practices. The thing about him is that he traveled to Nepal in 2021 to meditate in holy places and experience the land, the ancient energies, intelligence of a non-material nature. I'm in love with this concept because I feel that there is so much we can learn from someone who takes on this lifestyle. And I wanted to dive in and ask him some questions about life and about navigating using our voice or just embodying our truth. And I can't wait to dive into this episode with him. You want to find out more about him, you can click all the information in the show notes below. But let's get started. Welcome, Julian. Hello, hello. Hi there. Let's get this party started. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's going to be a party, but it's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we get to choose. <laughs> so you guys, this is my first time actually connecting with Julian. And I want to say thank you for coming on because you came into my world fast and furious. I imagine that's your intention. Like for those who are meant to come into your world, they're going to come in fast and furious. Because I heard you on somebody else's podcast. And I was like, 
I've got to have him on. And then I believe you worked with my husband. Well, we won't talk about that because that's private for him. But I just want to say thank you for being on. And I'm really excited to just get to know you better and understand a little bit about what your intentions are and what your true calling is and what you feel is your mission right now. Well, that's a very interesting question because people often think they need to have intentions. They need to have reasons for existing. But in my case, it's more about letting go of my own intentions, which would be the intentions of my separate mind, of my egoic mind, letting go of the locality and let something act through me without putting any obstacles in the way of it. So in that sense, for many people, and, and I guess we're going to speak about it in, in spiritual terms, many beings ask themselves, what can spirituality do for them? And this is what we call the small practice. This is when people just want to get better. So they want to have a healthier ego, a happier ego. But what I'm representing is going beyond ego, going beyond mind, dropping separate will, so to speak, to let a divine will expand through the human into the world. I want to back up for a minute because that sounds all great and really actually beautiful. It, it, it feels really beautiful in my body to hear these words. I want to know, how do you get yourself into that state? Because we are human. And I imagine that there is this energy that you get to like, kind of take on or like get into an embodiment? What's your embodiment practice to take on this? That's a very complicated question because there are many different practices. And for those of us who remember more than one life, so to speak, there are many mystical practices that were done, for example, in, T in Tibet, in Egypt, in Japan, in India. And those type of practices in the higher mind, we remember them. So when we start, and that's the beautiful way of perceiving it, not to be hostile towards the human psychology, not to be hostile towards the human ego, but to understand, oh, I accept my humanness. I accept the human limitation. I accept my mind that has desires and wants things, and it has desires because it is fearful. Well, if I accept that and I learn through meditation practice to get into such a deep state of acceptance, and for Christians, that would be forgiveness practice. If I get into such a deep state of acceptance that my mind ceases to make noise, if it doesn't make noise from that moment on, it can be impacted by higher intelligence. As long as we make noise in our own psychology, we will not hear the subtle energy or perceive the subtle energy. So we cannot express it. Your morning this morning, what did it look like? <laughs> well, it starts with meditation. It starts with... When you first woke up, you just went right onto the mat or... Usually, sometimes I meditate in the bed, actually, because I enjoy okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Okay. So, yeah. Tell me your morning this morning. You got... Well, were you the, in the bed the, or on the mat? <laughs> <laughs> first, I was on the bed. But then, since I'm surrounded by a lot of beautiful cats, I, it's feeding time. So then I make uh, food for all our cats and we have like five cats in the house. And it's very joyful when they ask for food and they're, they're running after the, the balls and they're really happy. And I just enjoy this little moment of happiness when I feel the energy coming off the cats and their joy that they are alive and that they have food and share that moment with them. And then I would usually mm, go either into prayer or perform certain energy yoga exercises or continue different forms of meditations. It depends on 
what I'm called to do. Let's say this. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever's coming through you at that time. But that's typical morning for you. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, I wanted to hear that. I share that because it's fascinating when you talk about intention. And I'm going to share something my husband said, which was prior. Like this was, I think it was over March 21st. And it was this, I think it was what we call, uh, was it spring equinox? That would, <laughs> but anyway, it was just like this magical day. And I was like, I would love to set intentions and I would love to just create with you. And he goes, I'm not creating anything. I'm not setting any intentions. I'm just going to be, and I'm just going to like, just witness everything that's around me. That's so beautiful. Like, I'm just going to be in witness. I'm not creating right now. And I was like, wow. I'm like, we've been creating for 10 years and now you're done. I was like, this is so beautiful. Like what, how really, really powerful. And you just kind of spoke the same thing. I was like, what's your intention? And you're like, actually, I'm really just, I'm like, I'm going to try to like stay out of the egoic. Cause, and I think you guys, cause you guys all know, as we're listening to this, I love intentions and I, I do this and I'm just going to claim it. Like whether it's egoic or not, I love creating and I love setting an intention for the day. And so I just want to ask you, Julian, because I think a lot of people uh, listening are a little like me where they're like, because I wake up in the morning and I actually have a practice because it's for me. I don't, I'm not trying to go anywhere, but my intention is to commune with my higher power, like whatever that is with God's source. And so I make a date with my higher power first thing. And so even though I don't have to get up at 530 and even though I don't have to even work, like I have a certain time, like I'm so blessed right now, I still make that date. And that's an intention I'm making with that time to just breathe and to be with that energy. So I want to kind of ask about that intention, because if I didn't set that intention, I probably wouldn't get my booty out of bed and do it. Intentions are a tricky matter. They are a tricky matter because for most people, intentions do not come from a place of love, but from a place of non-acceptance. So they think they got to have a mission. They got to be successful. They got to set intentions. Otherwise, they cannot look into the mirror and don't love themselves. And that's a very unhealthy way of forming intentions. This is how we have been programmed in society. But from a Buddhist perspective or from a yogic perspective, our idea is a little bit different. Our idea is let's empty ourselves first of all intentions that come from our local mind, from our brain. Let's empty our us out so then we can begin sensing the intentions of a higher nature. And then we simply do this, we begin channeling our higher nature. And you can call it Buddha nature, you can call it Christ consciousness, you can give it many labels. But the point is to get out of your own way and for most people, when they're practicing, they're trying to get somewhere. Now, when they're trying to get somewhere, what have they learned in school? Concentrate. So they are then worrying, concentrating, overthinking. When in truth, in order to tune into our guidance system that is of a divine nature, we need to let go of the human psychology. And the only way to let go of it is first to accept it fully. That's the trick. And for many people, they're setting intentions and it, and it becomes spiritual bypassing where they actually do not want to deal with their fears or with hidden darkness that they don't want to investigate. But for someone for, who is a monk or a genuine yogi, they all investigate their fears and their darknesses first to then transmute them through trauma integration, through loving practice of alchemy 
Yeah, it doesn't mean to turn lead into gold. It means to turn dark energy into a high frequency material. And when we do that, once the divine speaks, there's very little distortion and obstruction. And it's a little bit like this, as if the divine is a hand and it reaches into a glove and the glove becomes the extension of the hand. So we are trying to become extensions of what is divine. And for that, we first need to let go of our little concerns about ourselves and who we believe we are. So beautiful. I always also say this. There's like a fine line with intention of expectation. It's like I have this intention because then I have this expectation. This will happen if I have this intention. I love how you're clarifying that because I, I, I really ultimately everyone listening, I just want everyone to really understand and to feel into where um, you get to just feel like this expansion and joy in life and to learn just different ways of seeing it and practices. And so I would love for you to just share for someone. I want you to really see if you can put yourself because I know you live in Peru right now. I want you to put your awareness to a woman let's just say she's in Central America, like not Central America, but like in the middle of the United States, like Central United States. And she has two jobs. She supports her family with these jobs. And she's had some stuff in her past. You know, she's had some things that have come up like we all do. And she's also a woman who does pray and does commune with herself at times when she finds her moments and she knows she's made like she knows deep down but it gets lost in the busyness of taking care of people and working the jobs and running to and fro and actually even feeling a little tired in her body can you offer her something that might come through through from you to her of really uh that might be a message that she needs right now around Whatever that is, whatever it might be a practice, it might be whatever's coming through from you. What you're pointing out is the importance of compassion. Yes, because people have very challenging life circumstances and they're asking themselves, well, how can I have space for spiritual practice if there's like a single mom with two kids? And as you said, she's working two jobs. Well, I would say this. Nobody can have a wrong experience. There is no such thing. Everybody is exactly where they need to be and what their soul is actually using as a mirroring device, because this is what physical reality is. It, it is a mirroring device where we get to experience our own creations. So when people, for example, speak about karma, it's not a retribution principle. This is very grossly misunderstood. It's a mirroring device. So whatever energies we put out into the world, they're being mirrored by physics and we are living our own dream. And whatever dream that soul has is appropriate for that soul. But I can also say that if someone, let's say, makes a little space for the meeting with God, so to speak, and does that on a regular basis, what will happen is this window will become bigger and bigger and bigger. And then certain forces will ally to bring us into a position where we can meditate all day, where we can do mystical practice all day. But there's a big difference between laymen and laywomen and people who are very, very trapped in, let's say, a, a very inhuman system, so to speak. We need to be willing to transform our reality. And often when we are in situations where we have jobs that we don't want, when we are in the illusion of power relationships, when there's dysfunctionality going on, it is because something in us is attracting that. 
And if we make a little bit of space and someone is exhausted and they have a tough job, but a little bit of space for meditation and prayer goes a long way in the long run because we start attracting other realities to ourselves. So there are no impossibilities in that way. But in order for people to be compassionate with themselves, it is important to understand that manifestation always has a delay. So we might think of something, of something joyful or a place that we want to be or something that we want to study and experience, and it has a certain feeling to it and we begin radiating it. But physical matter is the slowest form of energy. Before it arrives in our experience, we need to hold that feeling for quite a long time. This is where people often give up. Yeah. And then I would say, just return to that feeling. And this can be something beautiful for somebody. This can be just the thought of a beach. And it doesn't mean that you manifest the beach, but there's a certain feeling that is associated with that. And then it's the question is if you're focused on that, well, what will represent that beach in your life or that break from struggle? Yeah. So, yeah, I love that you offered that grace. And I think that that's so beautiful. So anyone listening that's like, sounds great, but this is my reality. Like you are right where you're meant to be and you get to create that space. You get to choose to have that space of communing and to put yourself into a frequency of, yeah, being on a beach or the frequency of like maybe being with your cat. Some of us, like we have these pets and these animals that bring so much joy and so much love and and holding on to that and putting ourselves in that frequency and in that feeling a little bit more every single day. And that over time creates more of it. Really powerful. Well, it's important to understand that um, many people who are in difficult situations, they need to investigate why are they in those. And usually our beliefs or what we think our beliefs are actually not our thoughts. These are the thoughts of our teachers. These are the thoughts of our parents. These are the thoughts of politicians. These are the thoughts of people who have basically constructed a false identity for us because when we were born into this society, very few beings get accepted as they are. Instead, they often experience suppression of their authentic self. And then they start dialing down their guidance system and they're replacing their guidance system with then the thoughts of the parents because they want to be loved with the thoughts of the teacher because they don't want to be punished. And if they're getting bullied, for example, take on the thoughts of the group. So there is then often a thought matrix in place that is a false identity and it brings us into, let's say, slave type of jobs, situations where we're being suppressed. Because we're believing those thoughts, now we're vibrating on that energy frequency and attracting it into our reality. So usually, when it comes to manifesting something more beautiful, it's very important is actually not to focus on manifestation practice, but to focus on what negative beliefs do I have that keep my soul in the basement? Why am I not allowing myself to radiate? Where's my creativity that I, that I might have exiled as a child because maybe I was an artist, my dad was a lawyer and he didn't love me as an artist. So it's about doing that archaeology of self. And for that, we need that stillness. We need some time on a park bench with a nice cup of coffee where we, where we do not set intention, but just feel ourselves and then start digging and find out, well, where, where have I put energy restrictions on myself because of fear? And this explains the manifestation that we are experiencing. Absolutely. I love this. And that's exactly, you know, you guys, everyone listening. I know I've been in the situation kind of I was describing to Julian at one point. And honestly, I had to really look at 
what were the belief systems that I took on around money, around relationships, around my body, my health, around how I should be at work or with children or with people in my life and really looked at, are those really fundamentally true? Or are these just constructs that I obviously picked up from birth all the way on, depending on a teacher, our communities, our parents, our siblings, our friends, and really breaking it down into going, literally, I would do finite work like this of breaking it all down and going, is this fundamentally true? Or did I just pick this up as truth? And is it my truth? And really breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. And it's a process, but it's so beautiful because then you start to really discover wow, there's so much beauty and so many like, I call, you know, bullcrap rules out there that I've been taking on that I get to free myself from. So it's really, really powerful. I love how you're saying that. And it does take going on a little like walk each day or however you do it in a bathtub and a walk and a shower. Nature has always been my friend in this endeavor because when you look at nature, it doesn't lie about the beauty and the expansiveness and the, the creator in itself. And you're a part of that magnificence. So it's really cool. Oh my gosh, I love chatting with you. I want to ask you one thing that this is a personal question for me. And I think people are, I'm just super curious your thoughts on this. Where do you stand on souls? Because you, for women in particular, we're really taught this idea of using our voice, that it's maybe not been used because of conditioning. You don't want to get in trouble. You don't want to be too loud. You don't want to be this. But there are a lot of things happening that we might be aware of. And our intuition is telling us, hey, maybe you want to speak up on that. And then there's another part, in particularly my brain, because my I'll go, ooh, I should use my voice more and share how I really feel about XYZ, whether someone takes on that belief system or not, doesn't matter. It's me using my voice. And then there's another part of me that's just like, doesn't matter what you say, like, just embody what you believe. And just be that example or be that embodiment because it's your truth. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Where do you play on that line of really speaking versus just less speaking, more embodiment? All right. I would address something more fundamental first before we go there. And uh, that's the issue with placing identity in the body or in the gender. Souls have no gender. Yeah, okay. So when we create identity, well, what is identity? Identity is ego. And identity is simply when we place identification into a psychological construct. Whatever that psychological construct is, it can be that someone believes that they're communist. It can be that someone believes that they're capitalist. It can be that someone says, well, I identify with my female body and somebody else says they identify with their male body. But you're having an experience of being a woman. But on the deepest level of who you are, you're not a woman. You're having an experience of being a woman. So this is not to create a sense of relativity because there are clear differences in female and male expression. And in fact, over many, many centuries, women were not allowed to express themselves. And there is a certain, let's say, in, in the female collective consciousness, there is a certain rage and frustration that is associated with that. And now the, the difficulty is how to come back into harmony with the male principle without taking revenge. <laughs> so 
interestingly, all of us have past life memory. It's just that most people, the only layer that they access is emotion. So every time there's emotion triggered, this is our past life memory. It can also be childhood trauma, it can be current life memory, but memory is triggered by emotion. So our complete emotional cocktail is what we call the karma body and it transfers from lifetime to lifetime. Now, if you had more female incarnations, the traumas that you will have experienced are more female-based. If you had more male incarnations, the traumas will be more male-based. But ultimately, all souls, when they are whole, they're not divided into female or male energy. These are different divine principles. Now, the difficulty is since humanity is split into a female and a male experience, the challenge is to communicate the different difference in perspective. And when it comes to spiritual practice, what I've noticed about males in comparison to females is, for example, that males have a harder time tuning into their guidance system because they're more focused on the world and their senses are more object-based and they might be more in their, in their reasoning. And women have an easier access to their guidance system. That's why many women develop mediumistic abilities, for example. So for the males, interestingly, in order to balance themselves, they need to tune into their female qualities. And the females, they need to be bringing in more masculine energy in order to balance their female energy. Now, the masculine energy is what builds, what creates, what goes into the world, what takes action. And the female energy is the receptivity towards the divine. There's a reason why women conceive children. So being receptive is the power of the woman. I'm not saying males don't have that, but they need to tune into their soul in order to get that going. So then the difficulty for women is often that they feel something, but when it rises, let's say from the heart vortex, when it rises to the throat and is about to be expressed, they intercept it because they're too afraid to speak out. So they swallow, they go like, Ooh. but there are certain meditations to repair that. But in general, it is for women, it is more important to take action and to speak out as a form of what we would call karma yoga as a form of trauma healing, yeah? But to speak out non-violently, if possible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, and and without making sure someone follows your agenda as well. I always think that as well. Like, do you speak because you're speaking what feels like without swallowing, right? And then letting life do what it's going to do and like people do what they're going to do, but you speak what you feel is true for you. Well, ultimately... The trick is to not act from fear. And anything that is compulsive, anything where we feel like a hardening of the body, a tightening of the muscles, a shortening of breath, then we are in a fear state. And then we channel something that is egoic. That's and the trick so is, interesting. So check in with the body. That's what you're saying. Always. Like, yes. So very simply, if, if you're talking to somebody and let's say the hands are connected, you suddenly start fidgeting or you're grabbing a finger and, it's in, and you're tightening the grip, that's because there is a fear trigger response in your own system. So when we are hardening our body, usually the hands are the first indicator. When there's some sort of nervosity in, in the hands or some sort of anxiety in the hands and you feel, oh, I need to move my hands. Every time we feel we need to move, we actually want to avoid. Really? Like this is a natural motion or movement your body wants to avoid yeah so if for example if you're speaking to someone and suddenly they say something and you avoid eye contact because they're saying something that triggers a fear believe in you 
So in that moment as a mindfulness exercise, it's very important to say, well, I live in my body and I live in my breath and not in my brain. In my brain are the fearful beliefs. But what happens if, if I'm actually with my awareness in my breath, now fearful beliefs may happen in the brain, but now I can watch it like a movie. I don't have to identify with it and I have a choice about taking action or not taking action. But for most people, since they're constantly in the mind, they're constantly reactive and their body hardens and their lifetime shortens. <laughs> say that way. Yeah, so fascinating. Man, I wish we had more time because I'm like, I love uh, hearing a little bit about these because I believe these bodies are like these fun little like antennas almost like where you can like figure out, okay, what's, I don't know, that's just fun because they do, like you're saying, your hands, your eyes, that your body might share information with you around what's really maybe going on and what you're really actually feeling and, and where can you like tune in and then go, oh, okay. And then move in a direction that feels in a line for you. But that's really, really powerful. I really love that because I think you gave permission, you know, you gave us a little bit of permission to not swallow all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And look where you're swallowing. (laughs) That's beautiful. I want to close out with asking you a question that I ask a few guests, um, depending on who the guest is. But let's say that you are standing in front of a million people and you have one message to share. What would that message be? Is that we do not use spirituality just to be better, but to reach God, because this has been often not mentioned enough. It has been forgotten. You know, people go into prayer and they're asking for an ease of their circumstances, but a lot of times our circumstances are grace because they're supposed to teach us something very difficult that we don't want to know about ourselves. So instead of asking God for things, it, it is much wiser to say, well, God, please teach me. Teach me what I need to know. Instead of asking for an ease of conditions, because the conditions may be exactly what refines in us what is a representation of the divine. And that we're supposed to discover that. And if there wouldn't be no evolutionary pressure outside of us, if there would be no struggle, we wouldn't dig deep. We wouldn't turn inward. We would cling to the world and try to be safe and comfortable. And being safe and comfortable is not very wise. Wow, that's so good. It's so good. What is happening in your life is for you. Always. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and thank you for your time. Uh, It means a lot to me for your wisdom, for your gift of your presence and for your words. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Danette, for having me and giving me an opportunity to share some inspiration maybe to more people who can receive it. That is wonderful. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. And thank you all for being on this episode. We would love to hear from you. Why don't you just tag, I don't know, can we, all your information, Julian's information is going to be below, but I really want to hear your takeaway and you just have a place to share your takeaway. So on the latest post on Instagram, go ahead and go ahead and share your takeaway. Use your voice, share what you want to learn from this particular episode. Sending you all my love. I'm constantly asked where I find the energy to run three businesses and travel the world all while being a wife and a mom of two. 
And the truth is there are a lot of tools in my belt to manage my energy, but I have to be really real. One of my favorite ones is drinking cacao bliss. Actually, I am drinking it right now. I like doing it when I have to work because it gives me so much energy. It gives me energy without the crash like caffeine does or like coffee, which totally messes up your adrenals. And it actually taps me into my heart, which makes me feel more connected to source and to source energy. It is absolutely game changing for me. And when I discovered the superfood that cacao is, I knew I needed to bring it to the masses so everyone could experience a healthy alternative to energy drinks, supplements, coffee, whatever it is, so that you have access to a healthy, delicious, amazing chocolatey drink. And that is why I created Cacao Bliss. Now, it's not just raw cacao. It is infused with seven additional superfoods. So it's super amazing for immunity. It has this amazing chocolatey decadent taste with only less than one gram of sugar. So that is insane. So if you want to experience the healing powers of Cacao Bliss, for a limited time only, you can go to earthechofoods.com. You can grab yourself a bag, I suggest two, of <laughs> Cacao Bliss by using the code MANIFESTABLE. This is for all of you Manifestable podcast listeners. Go to earthechofoods.com and use the code at checkout, MANIFESTABLE, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Yeah. 15% off. So go to earthechofoods.com and use Manifestable at checkout and get 15% off. Now let's get back to the show. 